And we are live. Welcome to the FFS podcast. And this is episode 24, part 1. And well, I mean, I know I haven't been regular over the past one month. And that's probably because I've been traveling. I had a couple of allergies that's been going on. And you probably didn't want to hear me only sneezing throughout the entire episode. So, but here we are back again. Happy New Year to everyone listening. I uh, hope you guys had a brilliant New Year's uh, Eve and uh, Merry Christmas as well. So let's begin with talking about probably the biggest match of New Year's or of 2020 or the start of 2020. And that is Manchester United versus Arsenal. Or No, sorry, it's Arsenal versus Manchester United. It's always important to get who the home team is. So before we get to reviewing this big game, I'd like to have my guest introduce himself. You probably heard of him before if you've listened to our previous episodes. It's Rahul. So Rahul, would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, hi guys. Hi everyone. Uh, my name is Rahul. So, uh, I've been uh, brown and brought up here in Dubai. Like I've done my schooling and college, everything from here. And I've been a United fan since I think 2006. That's exactly when I think I started watching football. And, uh, you know, United was the, you know, the first club where I, you know, I just fell in love with. It was not because they were already successful. It was just like, uh, I just love the way they played football at that time. I think they were one of the teams around that time. So, yeah, it's been quite some time now since I've supported United. And uh, yeah, so, yeah, quite excited for the new year as well, for United. And, uh, yeah, let's let's move on. <clears throat> Alright, so before we get to the topic, I think I should give all of our listeners a kind of an introduction of what I'm trying to do over here. So what I'm looking at is to get fans of different clubs talk about various moments of their team from either past year or even what's happening currently with their uh, current squad, after which I'll ask each one of them what their favorite moment was from 2019, that's the last year, as well as the entire decade, because we are in 2020, man. It's like the end of the decade, whoever thought we'd be here. So, uh, yeah, so that's exa- that's essentially going to be the structure of this particular episode, as many parts as it takes. Uh, hopefully, if I can, I try to release one episode per day, at least for the month of January, and then we do our regular ones a week on either one or twice a week episodes, which are more analytical. But uh, let's let's start off. I mean, Manchester Arsenal versus Manchester United. It's obviously to an outsider or at least to a Liverpool fan. It's basically the battle of the banter clubs. Or that's been maybe for the past year or so that both teams have been ridiculed for not only the decisions that they made, uh, but as well as the performances on the pitch. But I think off late. I think United have had a much, much better end to the year than many would have expected. Beating the likes of Spurs, uh, Manchester City. Yes, they did lose to Watford and Everton, but they did recover after that. I think beating Burnley and... Uh, who else did they beat? Newcastle. Newcastle, exactly. So, and then I, Burnley, yeah. Exactly. And so, Rahul, I mean... Arsenal versus Manchester United. You must be confident as a Manchester United fan going into this game, yeah. right? True. So, uh, I mean, yeah. 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 I mean, what what are you expecting out of this? 
Okay, so yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, I think for quite some time you now, like it's been a while that I've been excited for a match you know, between Arsenal and Manu, and um, I f- definitely feel good going into this game because um, you know we are uh, getting into the groove. You now I feel like obviously one or two inconsistent results have come, but uh, I feel uh, you know we are in a good position right now because uh, you know we have the forwards firing. They have been scoring goals like Martial and Ashford, and uh, obviously now uh, Greenwood is obviously really uh, stepping up. You know, being obviously coming from the academy, and um, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, Arsenal also have uh, they are also have they recently lost the manager right now, so they have not yet. You know, they're still in a difficult phase right now for them. So as a United fan, yes, I mean, I'm quite excited for this game because I feel. Uh, you know if we get a good start and you know we get into arsenal i think it's going to be a long night for them because i think uh, our forwards if they click including dan james i think it's going to be really really uh, frightening for arsenal so i'm quite excited uh, yeah i mean obviously things haven't been that consistent on united's level and I, i'm trying to i'm recalling the match that happened at old trafford where you know at that point everyone fancied arsenal at the, at, during that match given the it was kind of an opposite of fortunes at that at that point that arsenal were i wouldn't say doing well but were way better off than what uh, always united were and everyone expected arsenal to go at old trafford and kind of beat united but it only managed to draw and that too thankfully because of var because that was a shocking linesman uh, decision made but i mean obviously right now like i said united have had the better fortunes of late and i just wanted to know would united fans expect nothing but three points at arsenal given arsenal's position as well as uh the fact that i mean this is also i forgot about it but uh top 4 is nearly i think couple of points away for you so i mean does, yeah. is, this becomes a quite a must win game if you are to yeah. push chelsea for the top 4 right correct correct uh, see well uh, first of all of course um, seeing the current scenario right now and i feel it's like the best time to go at arsenal because you know they still they've got a new manager still so they're still adapting to it so I feel for me as a United fan I feel that this is you know it's a must three points you know and we have been doing well against the big teams so that's one thing but yeah of course seeing the current scenario and of course the top four because we've already lost quite a bit of ground because we have been lo- we have lost games to you know uh, lower placed teams and um, you know which it, we should have won but uh, you know Uh, it's been difficult but yeah so like i said seeing the current scenario right now it's definitely a must win three points and i feel that uh, you know this time we do have the upper hand so expect nothing less than three points for sure it's going to be a tough game i'm not saying arsenal won't come at us because any big game everybody steps up so uh, you know uh, arsenal will definitely have their own ideas they'll come up with something for sure but considering how united are in right now i feel that we definitely should win this for sure <clears throat> you like, spoke yeah. right and you spoke about arsenal's uh, sacking their manager unai emery and obviously lundberg didn't have a 
that great of a spell as a caretaker manager but they've now got Mikel Arteta who as many people would tell you has i mean believe that he's done trained under Pep Guardiola at his three years at Manchester City so do you expect you know everyone talks about this whole managerial bounce would you expect a stronger arsenal than say had Mikel Arteta not been appointed would kind of what would you expect from Mikel Arteta's arsenal coming into this game like see always change of managers always brings about some kind of change and uh, like obviously as everybody knows he's uh, trained under pep so i'm sure he definitely will have his own tactics and ideas and like i said any big game you cannot expect a straightforward game so i am definitely expecting a tough arsenal uh, team obviously they, i'm sure there will be a tough game for sure uh, but i feel um, we have you know like i said we are in a good position right now and i feel uh, i think this is the best time to beat arsenal because you know i they're still getting back into the groove again because obviously the new manager has come now so uh, it'll be a tough game i'm not saying it's not going to be tough obviously uh, arteta will definitely have his own plans so that's the reason i'm excited about it because it's like we are not sure exactly what arsenal will come out so let's see it'll be interesting but i would you know i definitely would expect three points from united all right and from a uh, united's perspective what would ole go for in terms of a tactical formation would he stick to the kind of formation that has worked against the likes of burnley and, uh, and newcastle or given that i mean it, it, i as far as i know that ole has only got kind of the one is is some sort of a one trick pony where he'll hope that Arsenal will play, you know, fast attacking football, which will lead them open at the back, and then he can counter attack. The same thing that he did with City, the same thing that he did with Spurs. I, so, do you expect more of the same from Oli, or do you see him kind of be a little more cautious, given that it's at the Emirates, where, to be fair, Arsenal haven't lost too many games of late. Uh, if anything, yeah. their away form was was pitiful. but their home record is something that they somewhat pride themselves on so what what do you think all all his steps would be going into tomorrow's uh, match well see uh, always against the big teams i think what's worked is obviously the counter attacking football and um, as far as i know like obviously different teams you prepare differently so tottenham he prepared differently and i think for city that was a complete masterclass i feel so against arsenal also i do feel he will probably do the counter attacking because arsenal's defense is really bad so uh, i feel that probably he'll just see and probably soak up a little bit of the pressure and with obviously the pace we have like uh, with the front four um, i think it will be uh, like if we get it right definitely the counter attacking would definitely be you know the the tactic i feel he would use against arsenal as well though he will be aware of it that you know like uh, it's something that teams have also noticed that you know people are hitting them on the counter attack so he may do a little bit of a change i'm not sure maybe he would do something maybe like what he did against liverpool a little bit of tactical tweak there but uh, considering how arsenal's team is i mean uh, they also have some good uh, like overs are pretty good as well like i said and opomayang they can be pretty decent on their day so yes he'll definitely uh, be a little cautious on that 
and i feel the best way to approach is the counter attacking uh, if we can stop the forwards i think then there is no stopping okay fair enough and yeah i think you i mean you alluded to the fact that arsenal's defense is in great and which is kind of an understatement there because they're quite terrible if uh, yeah. anything if if I anything yeah and a diplomatic in a way but i mean you don't have to it 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 is what it is right there and i mean if if united can get at their defense then i can totally see it be i mean i i know united's defense also have had their share of problems but i see them more solid than arsenal's defense i am much much more yeah, solid so yeah. uh but i wanted to ask you about one key player in united that's been talked about recently which is paul pogba and mm-hmm. well uh do you see him starting or I, i i don't know if he's if is he back because he did play a bit i think at newcastle or something or was it for newcastle yeah what what for in newcastle right and uh do you see him starting or do you again see him playing on the bench because ollie still doesn't believe that he is fully fit well uh, i'm not exactly sure because it's quite a big game and for big games uh, you do need big players and plus he was rested against burnley as well so uh, probably having that in mind that he wants him ready for a big game with arsenal and uh, i don't know how fit he is still so i'm not exactly sure if he's going to start or come off the bench if he wants to play a little cautious probably he will put pogba on the bench but if he wants to go on the attack uh, pogba with the front three we have is going to be really good so it'll be interesting to see because uh, he's definitely a very key player now that he's come back at the right moment because he's the only creative spark we have in that midfield because midfield is somewhere where we are you know we're lacking badly because uh, like obviously fred has done a good job of late he's been really good uh, but uh he is not the creative spark which you know you would expect so pogba definitely will def- play a key role because even against watford the one where, which we lost you could clearly see the difference that uh, we had when pogba came on there were lots of through balls those long balls he picked those passes perfectly but obviously unfortunately uh, it was either poor finishing or you know the goalkeeper was uh, saved most of the shots so uh i do feel that if ole wants to attack arsenal then definitely pogba will start so yeah let's see i don't know let's see how it goes right and another player well ole said this player was someone who is very close to being impossible to be left out and that's mason greenwood and you mentioned him as well do you see him i mean is it time that he starts playing or leading the attack at manchester united or do you think that all his comments were a little premature that he was kind of going i mean because of because of how good greenwood was on the day that he kind of said that he is impossible to work up but in fact that he's not yet fully ready to lead a lineup at a leader forward attacking lineup at, of manchester united at this moment uh no but well, i would feel it's still too early for him to you know give him that responsibility of leading the attack but it's definitely the way he's been playing uh, i think by far he is the best finisher among all the forwards we have and uh, i think he can give some finishing lessons to the other two like especially rashford because rashford in many games has missed so many chances 
know but if you look at greenwood if you give him even a slight opportunity he is he will score and uh, i think that's been a sub, like it's been a great uh, thing to see it's a great uh, surprise to see you know him coming uh, into the team so early so young and he's uh, both uh, both left and right footed um so um like that's what i said i mean i'm not sure whether it's like it still might be too early for him to consider uh, leading the line but definitely uh, it's it's going to be difficult to leave him from the squad so he's definitely either going to be on the bench or he's definitely going to start matches more often now because he's uh, staked his claim for that because uh, i think most of the time whenever he's been on the pitch whatever matches he's played i think he's most of the time scored because he's mostly played in the europa league but uh, whenever he's played he's i think 90% out of 100 i think he has scored uh, i still remember the europa league games he scored i think in two three matches there then in the cup also he scored he scored three goals in the premier league as well so so that shows i mean like what a talent we have in our hands he just needs to be uh, taken care of and nurtured properly so yes of course i'm excited about him that's the reason i wanted to talk also about him so he looks like as somebody who can really uh, develop into a really good player but yeah uh, if you want to talk about leading the line right now uh, i think it's a too early he can still improve in few things and so he probably you know can uh, start on the bench or you know he can be that impact player i would say so yeah let's that's about him yeah i, I mean i i kind of when you were talking about him Developing and him scoring in matches kind of reminded me of even Arsenal's situation with Gabriel Martinelli. Both very young players, both who have taken their chances actually, and like to be fair, both have scored when they've uh, played most of the time. So uh, both of them definitely knocking on the doors to be played more often. And I think at Arsenal, it, it I think desperation might seep in a little more quickly that he has to start a little more. Whereas United. I would have thought that uh, desperation would have kicked in, but they have always seems to have bought himself time. Given that you guys have scored quite well off late, so uh, I mean Ra- Rashford's def- as much as Rashford gets sticked for not scoring, he does. He's had a decent 2019. He's got a good uh, goal scoring chart for 2019. Uh, may not be great as compared to some of the bigger teams uh, across the world, but. For- that given the amount of stick i feel that it's slightly unfair yes he's missed a lot of chances and people say imagine if he had scored that but uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, i i completely agree with that and uh, i mean do you think that you know over the past i'd say nine months right ever since ollie's come into united permanently that a lot of these teams that go want to fight for the top four have constantly bottled it in a way you know like so if chelsea lose points then you know you you'd expect manchester united to win but then they also lose points and every team there are a lot of opportunities for these teams to get to the top four but somehow the other inconsistency just ruins them all so i just want to ask you now that chelsea are probably just two points away and i mean they also are finding the finding it inconsistent right now the youngsters are finding it you know they're realizing now how tough the premier league is so it's not like the start of the season where they won every match so do you feel like ole is now in a, in like a position to capitalize on those mistakes that chelsea make or do you still fear that 
inconsistencies could cost United uh, over the over the duration of the season. Uh, well, definitely. I mean, it's a bit of both. Like, uh, like if we have seen this year uh, with United, they have been like uh, in really inconsistent at times because uh, one match they play great and the other match is like they're struggling to you know score goals or even create chances. So that is a little bit of shock because uh, it's not about losing to. Uh, low place teams and I'm not about talking about that. It's how we play in the match because like, if you look at the games we have lost against uh, Bournemouth or maybe Watford and uh, Burnley. See, I agree these teams are much different when you play with them compared to the top teams because these guys sit deep you know, and it's very... Uh, and currently the United squad right now doesn't have players to like kind of unlock a, uh, a team which is you know, very defensively set. You know, they are yeah, I mean, your 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 best. Uh, well, your best creative player is half the time injured, so it's it's a little difficult then. Yeah, exactly. So that is the thing. So uh, it's very difficult for us to uh, you know break down teams, and 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 the thing is that even if we get chances, we squander them. So it's like we have to take our chances whenever we get them. So that's been a little bit of an issue. So. Uh, that's the reason I feel this uh, squad is not complete as yet. There's still a lot of work to be done in terms of midfield and maybe a little bit on the defence, but more on the midfield. So, yes, I do have uh, a little bit of feeling that, you know, maybe sometimes the inconsistencies may cost us. Uh, but uh, I just hope that, uh, you know, Ole sort of uh, tries to uh, plug those gaps, like uh, whatever inconsistencies we've had here. Hopefully, he should uh, get it better next year because the team is playing more regular together. So, if Pogba is fit and probably if we can, I don't know if we're going to buy anybody in January. So, if we can get somebody in January, a little bit more creative player, uh, probably, you know, that would be an ideal thing. So, uh, and regarding, yeah, the chances for the top four C, the thing is that, like I said, like if uh, the thing has been, if the other teams have dropped points, We've also dropped points. So, that's where I always fear. So, I'm not going to be in the excitement that huh, chalo, Chelsea dropped or Tottenham dropped. And so, it's going to be a chance for us. Because I know uh, how it's been off late with United. So, we don't know what United is going to play on the particular day. Because, uh, you know, if you've seen the past few games, like we played good against uh, City and the other teams. And suddenly, we play really bad against Watford. You know, like... Completely opposite. I'm not saying like it's completely up and down. So, I mean, that has been a big problem for us this year, the inconsistency thing. So, I would definitely expect nothing more than a top four finish because that is the standard we have to set at United because there was a time when we used to talk about only winning. Now we're talking about getting into the top four. So, that shows the standards have dropped very badly. So, I definitely expect a top four finish because we have to get back in the Champions League. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's probably going to be, I don't know, it'll be quite a bad thing then. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know about getting transfers in January. I mean, all of the players that United are linked with are predominantly attackers for some reason. First Haaland and now uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. So it's, it's a little bewildering in a way. But... Uh, 
Yeah, uh, apparently. I mean, 50 million though, that, that's too much. United though. is linked with everybody, so it's, uh, it's, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that, that's true. And uh, given that Lewin uh, Cavadon has scored for Ancelotti in the past couple of games, it wouldn't seem, uh, it wouldn't make sense that he sell him. But, uh, all right. So, I mean, I, I yeah, it's it's kind of going to be interesting to see where how United take on Arsenal at the Emirates. Uh, for me, definitely, it's going to be more of which fan channel I'm going to watch in that evening so that I can have a little bit of a laugh. Uh, I, I think if it's like a draw, it's going to be both. But, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see. Now... Before before we end this episode, I will ask you what your favorite moment is. And I'd like to start off on a positive note. So, what is your favorite moment from 2019? What was your favorite moment? Favorite moment of 2019? Okay. So, I think it... Uh, I would not say one, but two of them were there. One was, I think, the PSG win. Okay. Uh, the PSG win, because I think I... Didn't expect us to beat PSG, to be very honest. And, uh, you know, like considering the team PSG has, you know, and uh, how we were at that time. So I didn't expect us to sort of qualify from that, uh, uh, you know, that tie. So, yeah, that was definitely one memorable moment for sure. You know? uh, but, and then I also wanted to mention the City game because that was. One hell of a performance. Like, I never seen a team in a long time take out City, you know, in such fashion. You know, like, uh, I, I even that was something I didn't expect at all. I did expect a close game, but the way City play and, you know, they always have attackers to get on our defence. But I think that day we were, like, defensively solid. And I think Aaron Van Bissaka was outstanding in that game. And to shut down Sterling, who is in such good form, you know, to shut him down is was a big, big uh, plus. And the way we played the whole match, especially the first half an hour to 45 minutes, I think it was almost like United were going to score with every attack. And we could have easily been at least 3 or 4-0 if the chances went in and taken. So, we were that good and I, I didn't expect that. So, and yes, to beat City, you know, at Etihad, and it's not about beating City. It's about uh, beating in such a manner where you feel like you, you know, you've outplayed City, and that you don't hear very often from any teams right now. So definitely, you know, this these. I couldn't pick one, but if I have to pick one, it definitely will be beating City. Okay, uh, I would have thought the PSG would have been number one, but fair enough. I think the performance at at, at City was much, 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 much better, better than even at PSG. I mean, PSG, That's right. there was that there was that little bit of a luck factor towards the end that did get you. I think in terms of pure emotion, the PSG, but in terms of like a footballing, because I think uh, the previous match before City, I think we we drew or we were not in the right. You beat Spurs. You beat Spurs. We beat Spurs, yeah. Before, I think before Spurs, we lost or draw, I think. So, you know, those were the yeah, two yeah. games where we, I know I was like, what's going to happen, what's going to happen, I don't know. But yeah, it turned out to be a good week. <laughs> okay, and just to balance it out, your not-so-greatest moment as a Manchester United fan in 2019? Ah, oh, not-so-great moment. Well, not-so-great moment would definitely be uh, not qualifying for... 
Champions League that would be and uh, basically i mean the i feel last year was i mean i mean the 2019 was uh, not that great for united in terms of anything because we didn't win any trophies you know there were just uh, hit and misses here and there we played well for some time and we were like pretty okay throughout so 2019 if you look at the whole was not a great Uh, memorable year for united apart from you know few matches and few results here and there so i felt the whole 2019 itself was quite disappointing <laughs> fair enough i mean i i wouldn't blame you it, it's not the best of years given that it started off with quite a promising you had a quite a promising start uh, with united with ole but yes uh, and of course the end of the decade so your favorite moment or your best moment uh in the decade as a united fan oh now that would be very difficult so, so yeah decade would be let's say 2010 onwards yeah 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 uh no i can't really remember a particular thing or exactly like in what exactly could be because uh, at the start of the decade we were still good because uh, sir alex was still there and uh, you know but uh, i can't remember exactly what i don't remember what exactly how we were you know the results also i don't remember i can't recollect it as of now but what about, i like to talk yeah what about yeah, what about what about the rooney overhead kick against city yeah but i don't know which year was it 2010 or 10 or 11 yeah yeah i think that definitely that definitely would uh stand out for sure and i think there was a champions league game against a champions league game or was it a premier league game against arsenal i think uh i'm not exactly i don't sure. think champions league. i don't i don't ever think it's a champions league game it definitely Maybe be it the a- premier league game the 82 82 82 yes correct yeah 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 that was the, uh, the that was the... that was i don't know what <laughs> that was like unbelievable so the way we like down arsenal and yes of course uh, the van persie volley yeah okay yes. oh that was that was something else that was unbelievable and the whole the whole era when van persie was there was just unbelievable like the the two three years whatever he was there when sir alex was there in his final few years uh, i think he was outstanding for us i think coming from arsenal he uh, sort of gave a new dimension to united and definitely that volley will one of my also favorite moments of the decade perfect and your not so favorite moment from the decade not so favorite moment okay <laughs> well uh, i think there are many but i think uh, that uh, that barcelona game against us okay. uh, i think in 2011 or something i mean that was yeah. embarrassing <laughs> I, i mean uh, I, I, like i had this conversation with someone else i mean it's i wouldn't call it embarrassing because that barcelona team was something else you the fact that, that you didn't true. you didn't get thrashed like 5-0 or something was that was like yeah. better i mean yeah, it, it yeah, better. yeah. <laughs> but yeah i would but say lots of memorable moments would also be like post ferguson era that definitely not memorable <laughs> yeah definitely yeah no i mean uh, the 2011 is also yeah it's quite fresh in a lot of people's memories in terms of that was one ma- one match where they knew that the opponent was way much way way more powerful yeah, yeah. than themselves so 
it was just a matter of damage limitation there all right man so uh, thanks again for being a part of the podcast thanks to thanks to you all for tuning in uh, um, thanks rahul for being a part and we'd love to have you on for further episodes uh, yeah, so definitely i would love to yeah and uh, what i forgot one more thing what do you what could what are you expecting from 2020 and the next decade well a lot of like you're talking about personally or is talking about uh, like sporting wise this uh, uh, no not for, not personally i mean sporting as for, as a united yeah, fan sporting wise <laughs> <laughs> uh well uh, definitely on the upper assure because uh, like we are in a transition period right now and uh, i feel uh, i'm quite excited about what ole is trying to do because uh, i think he has incorporated lot of uh the uh, focusin uh, you know ethics you know promoting youth and youngsters you know and uh, i think uh, i think even this year uh, recently it's we've had some we have had the youngest squad like we've hardly have anybody who is i think more than 30 now i think everybody yeah. is less than 30 so that no uh, i mean like matic and all are matic and mata are 30 yeah that's what i mean very few here and there yeah like yeah, yeah. but it is it is a younger squad yes yeah it's a younger squad and i expect obviously ole to obviously create a good mix of experience in the next year for sure and uh, yeah i mean the good thing is that again like seeing more youngsters it would be exciting to see the academy uh, youngsters and now greenwood has come and i have heard also that there are quite a few talented uh, youngsters in academy as well so i expect to see more of academy guys next year and uh, i just feel that ole you know uh, i hope he does well because he's a good guy he's a good manager because even though uh, you know even though when we have lost games you know like the always i always felt that you know he's always positive and you know always looking ahead it never looked like you know he is like frustrated you know so what's happening because he knows it's a process it takes time and uh, you know like i feel like if he's given the right support and to get the players he wants i think he can definitely make a good united team and uh, i definitely expect 2020 to be far more better than uh, 2019 for sure and for years coming ahead um, definitely uh, i expect it to be more positive for united and uh, hopefully we can win lot more trophies and we can get back i just hope that we get back to the era you know when ferguson was there when we used to win and you know get the old united back so hope yeah i'm just hoping that you know united get the old swagger back so that's my hope for the next decade for united <laughs> perfect all right so thanks again uh, so don't forget to leave a like drop in a comment share with friends and family and subscribe to the channel you can also follow us on twitter uh, and yeah so uh, that's it for episode 24 part 1 you can catch part 2 part 3 and all of the other parts after this so thanks again and see you